Do you love your dog and yet find yourself frustrated with them sometimes? Have you ever wanted to find a judgment-free space where you could share your struggles with raising a dog? This is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Heart of the Dog podcast, a community of dog lovers working toward helping each other understand their furry friends a little better. Together with guidance from experts in their field, we will explore any and all topics, big and small, today on Heart of the Dog. Today, we're going to scratch the surface on canine intelligence and communication. What makes a dog smart? How is that measured? Have you ever wondered what kind of thoughts go on in your dog's head? Maybe you've even given those fictitious thoughts a voice like so many dog influencers on Instagram and TikTok. Maybe you understand when your furry family member is trying to non-verbally communicate something, but you're just not clear about what that might be. We're going to dive into these topics in the hopes that it makes our communication with our dogs a bit easier. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy you've joined us for another week. Before we jump in, I have a couple big announcements. First and foremost, I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. Thanks to your listenership, we've made it to the top 100 pet and animal podcasts on Apple. We were ranked number 76 in our first 30 days, and that is all thanks to you. If you have not yet, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so we can find more members of the pack. Thank you again for your support. Second announcement. For anyone in the East Bay area of California, I'm conducting a two-hour workshop on obedience and communication this Saturday, May 21st from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. The workshop is going to be a flat rate of $25 for the two-hour session at the park. And an exclusive for all of my listeners, I'm throwing in a follow-up one-on-one session where I can help address any specific issues you might be having with your furry friends for free. If you're interested in taking part in this class, please sign up via the Google form linked in the show notes or email us at heartofthedogpod at gmail.com. Now, without further ado, let's get on to today's topics, dog smarts and communication. Have you ever heard someone say their dog is smart? Maybe someone has called your dog smart. Most working and herding breeds are referred to as smart on some level. And we usually attribute canine intelligence to their ability to pick up on tricks or their ability to figure out how to escape the yard or the house. But how do we know if a dog is smart? Is there a way to know for sure without projecting our own emotions and expectations on them? Well, an article published by the AKC in 2019 states that Dogs have been known to learn hundreds of words, do arithmetic, and guess what people and other dogs are thinking. We know all of this and more thanks to the growing number of scientists around the country and the world who have, since the beginning of this century, been turning their attention to the burgeoning field of dog cognition. So, how do we know if our dog is smart? Well, the AKC has a couple key points to keep in mind when assessing canine intelligence. First, remember that all dogs are different. Just because your first dog learned one way does not mean that your second dog isn't smart because they don't pick up things the way your first dog did. Second, dogs who are more attentive to human behavior are more likely to be viewed as smart. Third, a dog who has a keen sense of smell and knows how to use it is likely to be viewed as a smart dog. All of those factors are just some baselines of how we humans define a quote-unquote smart dog. Which, if you think about modern society, especially in America, makes a ton of sense. Working breeds like shepherds and retrievers even have their purposes in their breed name. 
Working breed dogs are so fun to work with, but they are not intended to be lazy house dogs. They have been historically bred to work, herding and guarding cattle from predators, hunting and retrieving game for their human companions. They make excellent companion dogs for people who have time and energy to work them, but they are usually high-driven, energetic dogs who can do a lot of damage if they're bored. Quick funny story about working dog genetics. So Storm, as I have mentioned before, is a German Shepherd mix. She's got a lot of the Shepherd personality. She's very attached to me and really only listens to me for commands. She's always loved hurting other dogs, but recently she has become more vocally upset when her pack splits. Well, we were with some people who she has socialized with a handful of times through training classes and whatnot, so not people she knows well or has any strong bond to. One of the owners got up to get something from their car across the field from where the quote-unquote pack was, and Storm followed her. I called Storm to come back, and she wouldn't. I stimulated her with the e-collar, and she still didn't listen. She sat down under a tree at the base of the hill from where this person's car was and waited for them like a statue, staring back at me as if to say, I hear you, but I'm busy. When the woman came back down, Storm enthusiastically got up, circled her, and then ran back to me. She was determined to make sure her pack stayed together. Storm very rarely chooses not to listen to a command, and the fact that she chose to wait until the missing pack member came back down the hill just goes to show you how strong those instincts really are. This leads me to my next topic. I want to discuss anthropomorphism. It's become super common and somewhat popular with the rise of social media. In fact, I did it just now in the story I told with Storm. Did you catch it? Anthropomorphism has always been around from kids' books to movies and everything in between. So what is it and why does it matter that we're aware of it? Anthropomorphism is the attribution of human traits, emotions, or intentions to non-human entities. It is considered to be an innate tendency of human psychology. Personification is the related attribution of human form and characteristics to abstract concepts such as nations, emotions, and natural forces such as seasons and weather. Both personification and anthropomorphism have ancient roots as storytelling and artistic devices, and most cultures have traditional fables with anthropomorphized animals as characters. People have also routinely attributed human emotions and behavioral traits to wild as well as domesticated animals. Biologists have been warned to avoid assumptions that animals share any of the same mental, social, or emotional capacities of humans, and to rely instead on strictly observable evidence. In 1927, Ivan Pavlov wrote that animals should be considered without the need to resort to fantastical speculations as to the existence of any possible subjective states. Some scientists, like William M. Wheeler, have used anthropomorphic language in metaphor to make subjects more humanly comprehensible or memorable. Anthropomorphism is everywhere. How many dog accounts do you follow that have made-up voices attached to them? Yeah, me too. I can think of at least three that I follow. Anthropomorphism can be super fun and entertaining. It's great to imagine what our dogs would say if they could talk to us. But sometimes, when we start to impose those beliefs, it can affect how we treat our dogs and start to blur the lines. Our dogs are beloved members of our families, but at the end of the day, they are still animals. 
Their intelligence is fantastic, but what we think of as canine intelligence is viewed through the human lens of understanding. Dogs don't speak English as their first language. We have to teach them every word's meaning. According to Zachary Silver, a PhD student at Yale University, Dogs are extremely skillful at following our communicative cues, especially our points and gazes. But it even goes a step further. They pay really close attention to how we interact with each other. Most experts agree that between 70 and 93% of human communication is nonverbal. So I have to wonder how much dogs actually pick up on from human conversations. All of that is to say, dogs learn our body language to better read us. So why don't we do the same for them? Dog communication is a lot different than human communication. Dogs primarily communicate through body language and also with growling and barking and whining. So what does it all mean and how do we start to decipher what our loved ones are trying to tell us? Well, let's start with some basic signals, their misconceptions, and their actual meanings. Tail wagging. When you think of a dog wagging its tail, what emotion comes to mind? If you thought about a happy dog, you would be mistaken. A wagging tail does not necessarily mean that the dog is happy. A dog wagging its tail actually indicates that it is emotionally aroused. That could be excitement, um, or it could also mean frustration, or worse. A dog wagging its tail indicates the dog is emotionally aroused. They could be excited, however, it could also mean they're frustrated, or worse. The direction and speed are key to interpreting the intention behind this signal. A study performed at the Department of Experimental Psychology at Oxford University and the Department of Animal Production at the University of Body indicated that dogs tend to wag their tails more towards the right when they're feeling positive emotions and more towards the left when they're feeling negative emotions. Now, maybe you've seen a circular wag. Well, helicopter tail usually indicates the dog is in fact happy and is reserved for very special people. Raised hackles. For anyone who doesn't know what raised hackles are or look like, it's when the hair along the dog's back is raised. It can range from the fur just between their shoulder blades, or it can go all the way down to their tail. When you think of a dog with raised hackles, what comes to mind? Did you think of an angry or aggressive dog? Maybe you thought of a dog as a threat. There are lots of misconceptions about what a dog is communicating when their hackles are raised. The common association with hackles is that they are a sign of an aggressive dog. However, all that raised hackles indicate is that the dog is emotionally aroused or charged. The charge could be from fear-based emotions or stress, but it could equally be from excitement-based emotions or intense interest in something. It's completely involuntary and depends on the situation. Posture. There are many well-known postures that most everyone knows. The play bow is a pretty well-known posture that signals a dog is asking for play with the dog or person it's bowing to. Some more postures that are less well-known and or noticeable are cowering slash tucking their tail or hind end, going belly up, weight shifted forward, and the lifting of the front paw. Now, some of those may have sound familiar, so let's play a game. I'll list out the posture, and I want you to think about what the posture means to you when you see it. I'll wait a couple seconds, and then I'll give you the answer of what the posture really means. 
Are you ready? What does a lifted front paw mean? Sometimes called the point, this posture is commonly associated with hunting dogs indicating prey. However, outside of the hunting environment, a raised front paw can indicate that your furry friend is feeling insecure or uncertain about the situation. Let's get a little more difficult. What does it mean when your dog shifts their weight forward or they start leaning forward? This one was a bit of a trick question. When your dog leans into their front legs, it could mean something as simple as what is in front of them has their interest, but it can also indicate an offensive intention, especially when their tail is raised and stiff. That posture is an attempt to make themselves look bigger. Just like tail wagging, the context of how this posture happens will say a lot about the dog's intentions. All right, that one was pretty tough. Let's try this one. What does it mean when a dog tucks its tail or hind end? This posture is a telltale sign that a dog is stressed or afraid. It's an attempt to make themselves look smaller. They are trying to tell the other animal that they mean no harm. Okay, okay, you're doing great. Last one. What does it mean when a dog goes belly up in a social setting with other dogs nearby? You might think this is sweet or even a sign of submission. However, it is yet another sign of fear. They are trying to show the other dog that they are not a threat. Thanks for playing. I know you got all of those right. And if you missed one, I hope you learned something while having fun. Facial expressions. So now that we know what the different body language means, let's talk about facial expressions. We've all seen the dogs online that make amazing faces. But what if we're misunderstanding what they're trying to communicate by looking at them with the lens of anthropomorphism? When a dog yawns, most people assume that like humans, the dog is tired. However, When a dog yawns, they're trying to tell you that they're stressed. Some theorize that dogs will yawn not only to calm themselves, but also to calm others around them, including their owners. Fun fact, yawning with dogs is just as contagious as it is with people. My guess would be that, like in humans, it has to do with empathy. Lip licking is another facial expression that is commonly misunderstood. Lip licking after a meal is normal. However, outside of that context, lip licking can indicate anxiety about something. It can also indicate indigestion or an upset stomach when paired with excessive gas or audible stomach rumbling. Finally, smiling. Now you might think of a few variations with the word smiling. So for the purposes of this discussion, we are talking about a closed mouth smile. Some dogs do in fact smile and it can look pretty scary. You might have seen some dogs who smile on social media. There are two contexts for this expression. Either the dog is presenting their teeth as a warning, 
or it's a submissive grin. The key to understanding which context applies to the situation is body language. If the dog is smiling and growling or has stiff body language, it's a warning to back off. If the dog has a loose, wiggly posture, the smile is submissive. Okay, so we've talked about body language and facial expressions. There can't be anything left to cover, right? Well, we've covered almost everything. (laughs) Dogs can also be very expressive with their eyes. So let's talk about expressions and eye contact. Dogs can have hard eyes or soft eyes. The definition of hard and soft has to do with the musculature around the eyes. Soft eyes look like the dog's lids are relaxed, even sometimes looks like they're squinting. Soft eyes indicate the dog is calm and happy. Hard eyes, as you can imagine, are the exact opposite. Some describe the eyes as, quote-unquote, going cold. This indicates the dog is in a heightened state. Hard stares at people, animals, and things usually indicate the dog feels threatened. Eye contact is super important in dog communication. Have you ever noticed your furry friend avoiding your eye contact? A hard stare and prolonged eye contact are perceived as aggressive in the animal kingdom. So when a dog feels stressed, they will avoid eye contact. It can often be misinterpreted as your dog ignoring you or being stubborn. However, your dog is simply expressing that they are uncomfortable. The final eye expression we're going to touch on is commonly known as whale eyes. Dogs will often show more of the whites of their eyes when they are uncomfortable. They will commonly show whale eyes when they feel anxious or stressed. One last body language topic I want to talk about is pain. Dogs express pain sometimes in very noticeable ways, but sometimes the way they express pain is not so obvious. A friend of the podcast reached out to ask how to tell if your dog is in pain, and I hadn't thought of adding this topic onto today's episode until that conversation. So special shout out to Sir Gibby for his question. According to the AKC, the obvious signs of pain in dogs are anxiety, agitation, vocalization, trembling, restlessness, and increased breathing rate, or panting for seemingly no reason. More subtle signs of pain are increased heart rate, reduced appetite, depression, and reluctance to move. Signs of pain and distress can vary depending on each dog individually. If your dog is showing any of these signs, please contact your vet to get your loved one seen immediately. So that's it for our episode this week. I hope you learned a little something about your furry family member and the ways that they communicate with you. The key thing to remember is all of these body language signals don't come individually. They are a package deal. The more you watch your dog, the easier it will be to tell what your dog is trying to tell you. Thank you for joining me this week. If you want more information on anything we discussed today, please check out the resources in the show notes. And I'll see you all next episode. Thanks for being with us this week. If you'd like to keep up with the latest, please follow us on Instagram at Heart of the Dog Podcast. If you'd like to get involved in the community, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash heart of the dog podcast. And if you have any questions you'd like answered or topic suggestions, please email heartofthedogpod at gmail.com. Please check out the show notes for any resources that may have sparked your interest. And finally, if you enjoy this podcast as much as you enjoy your dogs, please rate and review so that other members of the pack can find us. And please share with a friend or loved one. <laughs>